Thanks for checking out the Awaken Church podcast. Awaken Church messages are brought to you by our generous givers and partners. You can learn more about the vision or give financially to support the work God is doing here at Awaken by visiting our website, awakenchurch.cc. If you can't make one of our weekly worship services, you can always watch online by going to our website and clicking on the Watch tab. And now, wherever you're joining us from, thanks for listening, and we hope this message encourages you. Thank you for being in church today. It's the second Sunday of 2021, and uh, I want to thank you for spending it with us and for being in God's house today. I believe uh, one of the keys to a successful and flourishing life is to be planted in the house of God. And the uh, Bible speaks clearly to that, and I could give you thousands of examples of that. And hopefully your life, uh, you'll be able to look back one day and say, that's one of the reasons. That's one of the reasons, if not the main reason, uh, that God has me standing no matter what this world throws at you. So I want to uh, jump right into Daniel chapter 6 this morning. If you have your Bibles, I want to invite you to, to dive in. We are in a series called Habits. And uh, this domino that was in your seat, everybody get one? All right, we, we're going to reference that later on. We didn't leave something or drop something. That was placed intentionally for you. So hang on to it, and I'll reference it at the end of the message. But um, I want to talk a little bit about habits. Last week, we talked about the importance of small decisions and small choices and the compounding effect that they have on our lives. Um, small choices, small decisions, day after day, become habits. There's good habits, and there's bad habits, right? And... and Hopefully, you made some resolutions this year. I encouraged you last week uh, to make some resolutions, and hopefully some of you are still eating right. There you go. Three of y'all stuck to the plan. Hopefully, you're still reading. Maybe you're on a Bible reading plan and you're stuck with it. Okay, a couple more. Y'all good. We're just a more spiritual church. Some of these people are just vain trying to get the beach body, and I'm just kidding. Uh, Here's the deal. Habits shape who we are, and they determine who we're going to become. And these small choices have a compounding effect in our lives. Now, I was reading an article this past week, uh, Psychology Today, that talked about the reality that most of us just live out of routines. Most people wake up, uh, they wake up around the same time, they get coffee around the same time, they eat typically the same breakfast, right? Like if you're an eggs and bacon kind of person, you're going to eat eggs and bacon every day. If you're a cinnamon toast crunch type of gal... You're going to eat Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and I ain't picking on gals, I'm just saying if you're a cereal person, uh, you're going to get cereal every day, or Pop-Tart on the way out. Uh, it's, it's routines. You go to bed about the same time, uh, typically watch the same things, eat the same things. For instance, uh, when we go to Chick-fil-A as a family, a family of six, uh, it costs us about $200, but <laughs> when, when we go to Chick-fil-A, um, Ashley, my wife, can just dial that thing up on an app, right? Because the kids typically get the same thing. It's the combo number one, add the cheese with mac and cheese instead of fries. Some of y'all didn't know Chick-fil-A did mac and cheese. Your life just changed for the good uh, or for the bad, especially in this year. But the same combos, they get the same thing. They eat the the same things. And maybe you're in the same boat. You go to the same restaurants. You watch the same kind of movies. You watch the same shows. It's just routines. And part of this article talked about the phenomenon uh, called highway hypnosis. You heard of this? You ever been in a car, you're driving somewhere, and, and you get there, and you don't remember driving there, and you, and you got worried about it? Anybody ever been there? Like, what happened along the way? You're checking the car, making sure there's no dents or, you know, lights missing. 
You know, it's a, what, what, what happened? And I'm not talking about a short drive, like from your house to the front of the neighborhood. I've, I've, Brandon, I've gotten in my vehicle in the driveway before and made it to this church. That's about a 15, 16 minute drive. And I don't remember any of it. Right? And it's like, man, did I go through lights? Did I stop? Did I anything? Like, I don't. This article was saying, hey, it's completely normal. Highway hypnosis is completely normal. That you just kind of like subconsciously drive the car and it's nothing to worry about. Sometimes I read things that I disagree with. Okay? I'm like, look, I, I don't know that that's okay that we just kind of endorse that. I'm not, you know, I got stock in Tesla, but I don't own a Tesla and I don't know what I feel about self driving cars, but. Ultimately, it's like, look, we should be a little concerned that we just kind of go into auto mode and drive. This is not riding a bike. It's a car. Would you agree? But psychologically, we do it. Our bodies are programmed to just kind of coast or carry out things that they're used to. I want to submit to you this morning that I believe most people, most Christians are just coasting through life. Same habits, same routines. You know what? I'll... uh I'll get that text message from you version in the morning. I may or may not read it. I may just swipe past it. I'll go to church every now and then if I like the church. If I don't like the church, I'm not going to go to the church. I'm not going to read the Bible because that's preacher's job to deliver the word. Can I just tell you all that God's word says this is food and we're to feast and eat on this. And there is not a meal I can put in front of you on a Sunday that's going to carry you week to week. And that's assuming you come every week. Let me ask you an example. You think about the greatest meal you could eat today. I'm talking about steak, get some ribs, lobster tail, Tevin, right? Hibachi, throw some hibachi, fried rice up in there, right? Why not? I could put the whole spread right, right here and go eat. It won't carry you till next Sunday. Imagine not eating all week. You're going to be hungry Friday, Saturday, come back next Sunday, eat again. That's assuming you come every single week. Now, there's definitely nothing I can put in front of you that can carry you for two weeks or three weeks. My, my point is, if you don't do anything else this year, you don't hear anything else I say today, make it a habit of feeding yourself. Just start reading the Bible. Hey, people ask me, you know, where, how did you grow in your faith? Or, you know, where, where did the greatest amount of maturity or progression come in your Christian walk? Y'all, it was not a sermon. It was not a church. It wasn't a worship song. It was the word of God. It literally transformed me. You can ask my wife. She sits over here. She's been with me every single step of my spiritual journey. And so make it a habit, just one habit. Just read God's word every single day, right? But most people, most Christians just kind of are going through the motions, doing enough. And I want to just encourage you, maybe let's this year start some new habits, some new disciplines that are going to shape who we are. Daniel chapter 6 I want to look at the life of a young man. We touched on him last week a little bit, but this is a man who had impeccable habits, incredible discipline, incredible integrity, and another word for integrity would be character. And before I start, well, let me just jump right into the word, and I'll I'll speak to character in just a moment. Daniel chapter 6, verse 1. Now, it pleased Darius. Darius was the king. It pleased King Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. By the way, you're like, what is that? Satraps are governors. All right, so the same way we have one governor over each state, just imagine 120 governors that are governing over the people in this kingdom. King Darius, who was in charge of all of them, uh, put 120 
leaders in place to be throughout, throughout the whole kingdom. Verse 2. And over these 120 satraps, he put three high officials, one of whom was Daniel, to whom these satraps could give an account so that the kingdom or the king might not suffer loss. I just want to give a little bit of um, uh, structure, government structure of what's taking place in this story. We have King Darius. He's the ultimate. He's in charge of everybody. King Darius has three men under him. Daniel is one of them. Underneath Daniel and those three men, there's 120 leaders called satraps or governors. This was the leadership structure of the empire. Verse 3. Then this Daniel became distinguished above all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. An excellent spirit was within him. I want to talk about excellence or character a little bit today. Character is one of those things that you don't hear a lot about in today's culture. We celebrate what we see. We applaud things that uh, look good, maybe sound good, but character is really who you are when nobody's watching. Character is who you are in the closet. Character is who you are behind the scenes. And in light of everything that happened this past week, I had someone earlier say, uh, I was wondering if you were going to speak on the events of what took place this past week. You know, typically the outlet for saying things about uh, current events is social media. And here's, here's what I would say in response to what we saw this past week, just to summarize it all. Because there's people hurting on all sides. Character always matters. Character always matters. And character matters whether you're a politician or whether you're a preacher. Character matters in, in your marriage and it matters in your ministry. Character matters in the small things of life and it matters in the big things of life. Because if you don't have character, you don't have class. And your life is just going to break down the minute that things get difficult. Character matters. And for some reason over the last, I mean, I, I was talking with Ashley about everything that happened this past Tuesday or Wednesday. And I was like, you know, I used to not even care that much about politics. I don't know if it's just because I'm older or because now I'm in a position of leadership and I see the effect and the damaging effects that all the sides are having on our people. But somewhere we bought the lie. Somewhere we bought the lie that in the list of what makes somebody credible, character doesn't make the list. But it's important we understand character always matters because character has consequences. Either having it or the lack of having it always has consequences. Daniel, and we're going to look at it, because my job is not to give you a political take. My job is to give you God's word. And in God's word, what we find is that character absolutely matters. Daniel is stuck in this culture where everything around him is crumbling. Everything he knew was taken away. Let me give you an example. Uh, Daniel's about 18, 19 years old. He gets kidnapped along with three of his friends, taken to an entire different country, a different culture. And when he gets to that culture and he gets to that country, here's what's decided for Daniel. Daniel, we're going to change your name because we don't like your name. So we're going to give you an entirely new name. Okay. Daniel, we're going to give you a new diet because we want you to eat what we eat. And Daniel goes, no, 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 I can't really eat that stuff. Give me vegetables. Give me water. I, you know, I can't, I'm not, I, I can't 
eat food that's going to defile my body. I've got, I'm answering to a higher standard God's word. I can't eat those unclean foods and I don't want to drink that wine. Just give me water. Daniel, you got to learn a different language. Don't speak that old language anymore. I don't want you speaking English anymore. You got to speak Chaldean. Whole new language. Like you learn it. You better learn it. Daniel, we're moving to a different location, a different geography. We're surrounding you with a different group of people. Everything about Daniel's life was shook up and chaotic. But Daniel still was a man who was resolved and had character. And he didn't cave even though there was chaos around him. If there's anything, young people, listen to this, please. Teenagers, not just for teenagers, but it's a captive audience. If there's one thing you can hear me say, do not cave to the culture around you just because it's comfortable. Character means you answer to something higher and you live at a different standard. That's, that's who Daniel is. Daniel's sitting in this culture going, okay, they say to make it in this world. Now keep in mind, his world. And we can bring it to today, but Daniel says, okay, to be successful here, I've got to learn a different language. I've got to eat different food. I've got to embrace this new name. I see they worship a different God. In fact, a lot of gods. And Daniel goes, you know what? You can change my name. You can change my language. You can change my clothes. You can change my geography. You can change my location. But there's two things you're not going to change. And one is my belief in Almighty God. Two is what I put inside of my body. What I put inside of my body, because there's something different between what I deal with on the outside versus what I take in on the inside. The Bible says whatever you put into a man comes out. You listen to profanity, it's coming out. Garbage in, garbage out. Y'all heard that before? I'm now a parent. (laughs) Garbage in, garbage out. Daniel says, I'm not putting the physical garbage in, but I'm also not putting the emotional and mental garbage in. See, when you're a person of of resolution, you're also going to be a person of rejection. Right? What that means is there's going to be some things in the world, you just go, just give them a hand. All right? I'm not dealing with it. Right? Like if you're a person of resolve and you say, hey, I'm resolved to get healthy. You know what you do to Oreos? Can't. Just push Oreos away. If If you have a resolution, it leads to rejection. If you're resolved to be pure, hey, I'm going to be a person of purity. Guess what you're going to reject? You're going to reject the images. You're going to reject those websites. You're going to reject those movies. You can't look at it. You'll be a resolution. If you're going to be a person who's positive and full of joy, guess what you got to reject? Maybe all of social media, but you push it away. You reject it, right? You're going to be a person that gives life and joy and encouragement. You might need to reject some followers. Block is a blessing. My, <laughs> some of y'all feeling it. Here's my point. Here's my point. We have a, a, a culture code at Awaken Church. Our staff and our leaders, we go, this is who we are and this is what we want to be known for. One of those points on that culture code is we want to be known for what we're for. As the people of God, we want to be known for what we're for. Now we could get up here, I could get up every single week and preach hellfire, brimstone, everything we're against and it's bad and it's negative, but we want to be known for what we're for. Coupled with that means we're against some things. You follow me? You can't just walk through life like, oh, I'm all for love and joy and peace. And then what are you against? You got to be against something. Daniel says, I'm against the things that you're wanting to put in me that contradict who God wants me to be. That's what character is. That's, 
That's really the essence of character. And Daniel is resolved, and we're told that he has this excellent spirit because of it. Listen, character doesn't compartmentalize in our lives. You can't just go, I'm going to turn it on here, I'm going to turn it off there. Character will give you an excellent spirit. You know what a spirit of excellence is? Spirit of excellence is, girls, take note. When I say girls, I'm talking about um, every girl over 21. My daughter's in the service. She's not going to be able to date until she's 21, Brinkley. You heard that? I said it on Sunday. Uh, but girls, dating? Here, here's, find you a man that has a spirit of excellence. Here's what it means. When he pulls up in his car, it doesn't have trash in it from the past week. He's detailed that boy to get it ready for you, and he's got one of those little trees hanging up uh, in the window that make it smell good. You follow me? And you know it's fresh. He just grabbed it at Walmart because it's so strong. It's a detail. It's, I'm going to make this excellent. And his shirt is iron. Pet peeve. I can't stand wrinkled shirts. I got an iron in my office. No lie. Some of you are like, man, I can't come to this church. I'm wrinkled up. You can come. Just take a left by the garage door. Find me. I'll iron it for you next Sunday. You're going to wear it. Wear it right. Look right. You know what I'm saying? It's the spirit of excellence. Spirit of excellence is when you, you cut the grass, right? You got to edge the grass. You got to put lines in it. Don't just cut the grass. Anybody can cut the grass. That's average. My mama taught me when I was growing up. I'd come home. I have grades. She was a teacher. I'd come home and i have a C on my report card. Beth Edson would look at me and say, baby, you ain't average. Better get that C up. Yes, ma'am. I grew up thinking I'm above average. You know what I'm saying? Or I get beat. <laughs> so... Spirit of excellence, spirit of excellence, it really is a mentality. It's a mentality of I want to be the, the best I can be or whatever God gives me to do. Whatever my assignment is, I want to excel to the best of my ability. And you go, where does that start? Because everybody, everybody feels that way. Listen, not everybody feels that way. Because the spirit of excellence, you can see it in the way somebody lives. Character comes out in the way that people live. Like I said, it always has consequences. Daniel... In verse 3, this Daniel became so distinguished over all, the, over, over all the other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. So the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. In other words, Darius is like, hmm, I got a bunch of studs in this empire. But that one, he can do my job. I'm going to promote Daniel, make him the boss to everybody. And y'all, this promotion, this success brought criticism. And here's a principle I want you to remember. As you strive for excellence in life, as you live out being a person of character, as you reject mediocrity, it will offend people who have an average mindset. It will offend people who go, you know what, I'm just going to get by. Oh, you read your Bible every single day? Well, you're holier than thou. My gosh, you know, you're just better than all of us and you want me a small group every single week? And I ain't doing that, man. I got a real life. You know, I got a job. I got friends. And Church? You want me to come to church? Yeah, I want you to come to church with the lanyard on and be here early. That's too much to ask. Come on, I'm there by the time service starts. I'm not coming early. Listen, excellence offends mediocrity. Daniel gets noticed. The king says, I'm about to raise him up. And look what happens in verse 4. Then the high officials. So this is the other two guys leading with Daniel. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could find no ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful and no error or fault 
was found in him. So then these men said, all right, we shall not find any ground for complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. So imagine being Daniel, you've gone through all this, you're doing the best you can, you're living an excellent life, the king says, I'm about to raise you up, and then the people around him get jealous and go, no, 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 we don't want Daniel to be our boss, we don't want him to be better than us, so let's bring him down. And, and, they, and they get together, this negative group of people, I found this about negative naysayers, they like being in a pack, they like a little wolf pack traveling around, you know? <laughs> and they, 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 they travel around and they just want to attack somebody that's doing good. And they find, they find joy in gossiping and slandering with each other. And they get together and they go, look, 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 look. The only way, we got to bring Daniel down. And so they launch a spear campaign, right? Hey, look, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go get Daniel's phone, get his computer, look all in the browsing history. I want you to find something, just something, you know? It don't have to be like a really bad website. Just find something he looked at. That's your job, okay? You, I want you to go find his financial records. Go to Bank of America and Wells Fargo. Audit all of them. I want to find where his money goes, where he's spending. There's got to be something different. He cannot be this good. You go talk to his family and his friends. Because when he's like relaxing on the weekend or holidays, surely he said something, told a joke, right? There's something about Daniel. If we can just find something, we can bring Daniel down. There's got to be something on him. Nobody's that clean, right? Nobody's that perfect. And so they go out and they launch this campaign. You know, they ransack his house, ransack his office, everything. They come back and they go, gum. Daniel's a real deal. That's what character is, by the way. Character will be the thing that carries you when the enemy comes after you. Right? Character will be the thing that uh, when, when you feel the enemy, and you go, who's the enemy? When you feel the enemy, Satan, when you feel him whispering lies into your mind about who you are, character will tell you, you know what? That's not who I am because I know what I did this morning. And I know what I did this past weekend. And I know how I'm living, so I don't have to worry about what you're saying about me. And sometimes the enemy gets manifested in people. And you'll face attacks from people, friends, family even, right? Oh, some of y'all have never crossed from death to life and started following Jesus and faced criticism from those that you're leaving. Oh, you too good for us now? We know who you are. We know what you used to do. You know, the, the, the reminders that can so easily drag you back... Character says, no, I know who I am, and I know whose I am, and I know what I'm doing, and I'm a new person. That's what character is. They launch this campaign, they come back, we can't find anything on Daniel. And then look at what happens. They go to the king. So they're mad, right? They're mad. They're determined to bring him down. They go to the king, and they say, here's what we're going to do. King, listen, we believe everybody should worship you. And of course, the king, you know, he, he's not a Christian man. He's not a godly man. King's like, yeah, I think everybody should worship me too. All right, here, here's, here's what we, we want to do. We want to make sure everybody in the kingdom is in alignment with that principle. So uh, we're asking you to issue some legislation. In fact, we'll write it up for you, king, that for the next 30 days, nobody worships anything or anyone other than you. King Darius is like, hey, bet, sounds good to me. Write it up. So they type up the document, you know, King Darius signs it. I'm sure the high-ranking officials sign it. And then it becomes legislation. And this is what it was. The decree was, over the next 30 days, when the music starts playing, if you don't bow down and worship King Darius, you're sentenced to death. Now, I want you to imagine for a moment Daniel. Daniel, who is the right-hand man to the king, who's probably sitting with King Darius when the proposal comes, he's looking at these guys that he knows trying to bring him down. And he reads the legislation and goes, 
this is essentially a death sentence for me. Because remember, he's resolved. I'm not worshiping another God. I'm committed to the one true God. And if this decree holds that for the next 30 days you worship anybody other than Darius, Daniel knows I'm done. Y'all, can I just submit to you? He, he probably had to sign it anyway. Because again, he was like the vice president. And then look what happens in, in, in verse 10, because this, I believe, is the most powerful, one of the most powerful verses in this entire book. Verse 10, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in his upper chamber open toward Jerusalem. He got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God just as he had done previously. Just as he had done previously. As we talk about habits, I want to bring your mind and your heart to things that are done repetitively. Previously, yesterday, the day before, the day before, the week before, the month before. What's the routine? Daniel, when he saw the document... Daniel went back to the very place he had been the day before. Most people are really good at rescue prayers. Right? If I were to really ask you about your prayer life, and we were to really be honest, you probably lifted up a rescue prayer over the last couple months. What's a rescue prayer? You're driving down I-26, and you see blue lights about half a mile back. And you know, man, you know. Mm, God, maybe I was going a little fast. You know you're going fast. You're going 21 over. You know, it's like... Lord, here's the rescue prayer. Please don't let him be coming for me. Please, God, don't let him be coming for me. And you slow down and you get in the far right lane and you're going 45 miles an hour. You look so guilty. Can I just encourage you, if that's ever you, just keep on going. Maybe take it off about five or six. But don't swerve to the far right lane and go 40 miles an hour. It's like, you might as well go, hey, it's me. It's me, right? But you lift up a prayer. God, please, please don't let it be me. Or the exam. I know this is 11 o'clock service. we got younger a uh, little bit younger crowd, maybe you're in grad school or you're in college, maybe even high school, right? And you take that, that exam, you're filling it all in, and it's time to submit it. And you know, you know this isn't average, this is below average, and you were not ready. But you think in that moment, God, you, you, just, you just became an absolute prayer warrior as you put that thing on the <laughs> professor's desk. You know, God, I, I will give you my life. I'll be an international missionary. Whatever I got to do, please bless this, right? It's a rescue prayer. It's a rescue prayer, but in real life, listen, here's, there's, there's, there's also rescue prayers that are a little more real. There's a rescue prayer of like, oh, you've been, you've been stringing your marriage along for a little too long, and she now left. And in that moment, you, you just you cry out, like, it's, it's a rescue prayer, or you, or you get news, you get a diagnosis that you didn't know how to deal with, and you just lift that up, and it's all reactive, Daniel, in this moment, God, he's not lifting up a rescue prayer. He's just going about his daily routine. This is what he did every single day. So when life got tough, it didn't catch him off guard. He was like, well, I'll just add that to the list of challenges too. I'll lift that up too. And what's crazy is that the men who wanted to accuse him also knew this is his, his, his routine. Because when he's praying in verse 10... We find in verse 11, then these men came by agreement and they found Daniel making petition and pleading before his God. In other words, they say, look, here's the deal. We know Daniel's not going to do anything wrong, so we'll create a scenario where he violates 
a decree from the king, and then we'll go catch him doing what's wrong. We'll catch him in his prayer time. And that'll be the thing that we use to actually condemn him and criticize him and sentence him. And so they go to his house and they find him praying. Here's my question for you. When people around you, your friends, your peers, your family, when they think about you, do they know that there's disciplines and habits in your life that are godly? I'm not saying you got to put on blasts every time you have a prayer time with God. I'm not saying you have to publicize when you actually read God's word. I'm not saying you got to put on uh, social media every time you come to the church. But what I am asking is, from a character standpoint, do the people closest to you know who you are? Do they know what you stand for? Do they know that you actually care about your faith and that you're seeking to follow God? Do they know that you've given your life to Jesus and that church is a priority? Do they know that they don't talk that way around you or play that music around you or take you to those places or drink that stuff around you or ask you to participate in those activities? What I'm saying is, do you have a reputation of being a person of character so much though that it offends those around you? That's exactly where Daniel is. These guys go, look, we, we know at about seven o'clock, he's praying. 12 o'clock, he's praying. So what's up? You want to grab coffee and go catch him? Or you want to get lunch and then go by his house? They, they, they knew the routine. And they show up and they catch him in the middle of this doing exactly what he did day in and day out. His character was under attack. But let me put this verse in front of you because this is a verse that's carried me at times. And I believe it's one you should highlight and underline, even if it's write it on the mirror in your bathroom in the morning. Proverbs 10.9 says this. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. Whoever walks in integrity walks securely, but he who makes his way crooked will be found out. Daniel was a man of integrity and of character. When I bring up habits in our lives that shape us into the people that God wants us to be, What habits are in place in your life that show your devotion to God? What's what's the practices in your life? And listen, I'm not not trying to be a voice of, of criticism and guilt this morning by any means. Right? The fact that you are here or that you're listening online tells me that you care. And maybe this is the first step. Hey, I I came back to church in 2021. I'm in the house of God. And that is a great first step step, but can I tell you, it's a public step. The step that's going to strengthen you and carry you and sustain you is going to be a private step. It's going to be a time of private prayer, private reading God's word, private asking for forgiveness, private committing to give, private serving where you don't tell everybody about it, private like I'm devoted to God even when people can't see it because that's what character actually is. And the story of Daniel is a story that reminds us that public promotion, getting publicly promoted, public promotion, it actually starts with private devotion. Who Daniel was and who he became really came out of this devotion to his God. And God chose, I'm going to raise him up and I'm going to exalt him and I'm going to put him over the entire empire. Now you may ask the question, well, wait a minute, Pastor Brandon, because according to the story, Right after they catch Daniel, he gets sentenced to death, and he gets thrown in the lion's den. Doesn't sound like a glamorous journey, right? Here Daniel is staring uh, you know, Simba in the face. Is Simba the big one? What's the big lion? 
Mufasa, okay? He's looking at Mufasa in the face. Some of you are like, oh, Simba. I'll sit there with Simba. That's cute, right? Uh, he, he's, he's staring Mufasa in the face, and it's like, you know, what, why, would, why would God allow that to happen to somebody who's so faithfully walking with him? And if you read the story and you continue in the book of Daniel, what you see is that God delivers him out of the lion's den so that God will be glorified through his life. But just because you live a godly life doesn't mean that you're not going to face criticism, face tough consequences, face difficulties. And, and what I want you to understand is when that happens, if you've been devoted privately, you will succeed publicly in that moment. It's the private moments, the private disciplines, the behind the scenes that sets you up to endure whatever this world throws at you. Daniel, the way this uh, chapter ends, we're told that Daniel uh, got, got promoted and ended up uh, being prosperous during the entire reign of King Darius and, and during the entire reign of the following king. Daniel lived a very successful and promising life. And the truth is, for every single one of you and for myself, that's the hope and prayer is that we live a prosperous life. We live a successful life. We live a life that, that is blessed. And not just at surface value with material things, but a life that's blessed in ways that others can't see with relationships and with peace and with hope and with joy and the things that are intangible in this world. But all those things come and all those things will follow private commitment and private devotion in our lives. It's called character. That domino that you got, I want you, to, I want you to put it in your hands right now. Grab it. If you don't have one, reach over to the chair beside you. Everybody take hold of this particular domino. Uh, there's a, in, in sociology, there's a term called the domino effect. The domino effect is this. Basically that um, if, if I wake up in the morning and I start making my bed, right? Let's say I don't make my bed at all, but I'm going to start. I'm going to start making my bed every single morning. That on day one, I make it. Day two, I make it. Day three, I make my bed. Day four, I make my bed. And that hoodie that's been on the ground for the past two days, I notice it and I pick it up and I, and I hang that up too. Day five, I make the bed and pick up any clothes that may be laying around. Day six, I make the bed and pick up any clothes that may be laying around. And I actually open the blinds this morning instead of just leaving them closed all day. Right? There's a compounding effect to small decisions, good decisions that we make in our life. Well, I want to submit to you that spiritually, there's, it's no different. Spiritually, it's no different that there's a compounding effect to decisions that you make spiritually, devotions that you make spiritually. Well, what does that mean, Pastor Brandon? Here's what it means. I, I can say with confidence that Daniel didn't just one day as a 21-year-old in the kingdom decide, I'm not going to bow down. Daniel's ability to stand as a 21-year-old and say, I'm not going to bow down. I'm not going to pray to another God. I'm not going to worship another God. That was a a compounding effect, a domino-based decision based off his private devotion that every single day he gets on his knees and he prays before his God. Not once, not twice, but three times. That that devotion shaped his decisions in his day-to-day life. And I would imagine there's hundreds of decisions in Daniel's life that we don't see that came out of this devotion, this one small thing. You go, our prayer can't change anything. I need to post something on social media or I need to write up some document or I need to go go to this march or go to this or go to that. It's like, no, no, listen to me. Don't, Don't you forsake 
the importance of a small decision of getting on your knees and letting the King of Kings and Lord of Lords recalibrate the entire world for you and show he's in control of everything. It is the most powerful thing that you can do. This, this domino, what I, what I want to invite you to do is as we look at 2021, today we, we think about starting something new. I want to invite you to, to write something you're going to start on this domino. You're going to take it with you. You don't have to turn it in. We're not grading this. There's nothing like that. But to take this home and, and get a Sharpie or get a pen and, and write on it what it is that you need to do. Maybe, maybe your, your private decision, your devotion is prayer. You go, I don't know how to pray. Listen, it's the same as making the bed. Pray on Monday. Pray again on Tuesday. Pray again on Wednesday. You got to know what to pray for. Think of somebody. I guarantee you they got prayer requests, right? Ask somebody, what can I pray for you about, right? Just there's prayer, there's prayer devotions. There's prayer guides. There's, you can go online. You can find prayer guides, but maybe for you, your one private decision is just prayer. Take this, put it somewhere where you can see it. Maybe in your bathroom where every single morning you wake up. Before you brush your teeth, you see prayer and you're reminded, I need to pray. I need to start a habit of prayer, right? Maybe for you, uh, it's, it's read the Bible. And you, sh- you just write Bible on there. And you go, I don't know how to start. I don't know where to start. Listen, there's Bible reading plans. You can talk to any of us on staff or any of our group leaders. We can help get you engaged in that. Just start reading the Bible day one, day two, day three. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to see how your perspective begins to shift and it'll affect, that domino effect will affect more areas of your life than you could ever imagine. Maybe, maybe your private uh, decision is just purity. And you make a decision, you know what, in 2021, I'm not looking at pornography. I'm not watching those movies. I'm going to stop looking at that show or I'm going to cut out that kind of music. Or but you, just, you make a decision yourself that I'm going to allow what comes into my mind and into my body to be pure. Then you just write purity. And every single day when you see that domino, you're reminded, hey, my body, I'm a temple of the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to let things come in. They're going to mess me up. If you'll do that, if, if you'll write a commitment, write a devotion, put that in a place, carry out that practice, here's what I believe will happen for every single one of us. I believe that this year we'll begin to experience some of the public consequences of private character. And when you start to see how it makes your life healthier and you start to see how it makes you more prosperous and how your relationships get blessed and how you live with more peace and less anxiety, right? And you start to see the blessings of God in your life, you'll be encouraged to take on more private disciplines. It's a principle of scripture. Private devotion leads to public promotion. As we close up, I'm gonna invite you to stand to your feet. How cool would it be how cool would it be if next year when we gathered, second Sunday of 2021, you were able to stand in this place and point back to this decision and go, you know what, I'm a different person because of that. And I know, I know you may be thinking, it's just one small decision, but the Bible says this, do not forsake the days of small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices that the work begun. And, and one small decision really will change your life. There's a compounding effect that'll change your life. And so as you think about this, don't do it lighthearted. Don't do it accidentally, but intentionally think about what's one thing I can put in place in my life that God will bless and lead me closer to him through. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you so much for the resolve in this room, for the decisions that are being made in this room right now. God, I pray that you would make us people that really are people of character. 
that we are who we say we are, God, that this, is, this public life is really an outpouring of who we are privately, that behind the scenes, we're spending time with you, we're spending time in your word, and God, that you would shape us and mold us and use us in this world to be the light that we sang about earlier. And God, for the one here that needs to start praying or needs to start reading your word or needs to just make a commitment to purity or to forgiveness or to joy, God, I pray that today would be a day of resolve and of decision. And God, they would see you begin to work in, your, in their life and, and they would begin to experience in some sense the revival that you promised when we focus our hearts and minds on you. So God, we love you. We praise you for what you're doing in this room. And we ask you, God, to bless every single one of us as we go about our week. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.